The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary taste with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? You're just yelling at an old gal, huh? Because <laughs> I don't need anybody to give me rules. I'm my own boss. Mm-hmm. All right? I write my own constitution. I don't need just some lady come around and tell me to be in some kind of Otto von Bismarck uh, of the elevator. Uh, Otto von Bismarck? Otto von is that? Bismarck. I like you've heard that name before. He was uh, the Kaiser. He was uh. murdered by the Serbian Black Hand Group that started the, that was the shot heard around the world that, that started World War One. That was Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand, Ferdinand the band would take me out. They that were song? killed. Is that what I mean? And then, well, Otto von Bismarck was. No, that was Kaiser Wilhelm. Kaiser Wilhelm. Yeah, but Otto von Bismarck was a pilot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not in the like... outline, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. You didn't write it down in the outline. Oh, I forgot that in our Dahmer outline. <laughs> Who's Otto von, von Bismarck? Bismarck. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I just need you to be throwing random facts into these outlines so that I don't have to be curious anymore. <laughs> Who invented meatloaf? When was the first shoes worn? <laughs> Uh, when do you want to guess the first shoes were worn? Uh, 1974. Yep. 1974. <laughs> um, all right. <clears throat> all right. All right. Should we start oh, the show? Yeah. We've been recording. Yeah. Oh, you oh, this has been shooting out to the airwaves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the completely unrelated subject matter. <laughs> yeah, we always like to start with that. That's perfect. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Fellow to my left is who is he today? Man with no rules, Henry Zabrowski. Oh. I don't need a boss. I don't need. I don't need a governor. I don't need some old lady telling me if I'm being too loud in the elevator. Yeah, you're... I don't need an old lady to tell me. Right. Oh, please, sir, get out of my way! You're hogging up all the room in front of the meat aisle at the <laughs> right. grocery store. I'll tell you when I'm fucking done, old lady. Yeah. And you know what I say? You know what? Even and I'll show my generosity. You tell me what meat you want. I'll fucking get it for you. But guess what? You don't. You just keep your fucking clam hole. Fucking Fucking all you flap flapping. All right, mm-hmm. I'm gonna come over there and I'm gonna drop that Lex Luger steel fucking elbow on your ass. So she's 80 years old. <laughs> Maybe she's got some liver marks and she's uh. I don't need with a, boss. a walker. Yeah, but yeah, well, but it sounds like you do. No, it really man. sounds like without a boss, you just yell at a bunch of old ladies I at a meeting. I come from a, a long, a long line of f- freedom fighters like mm-hmm. Thomas Paine and Oliver Cromwell. Thomas Paine, <laughs> men. You, the Zabrowski Paine. Yeah, you're of the Zabrowski Paine family. Yes, I yes, I've big, heard that. Big freedom fighters, Benedict Arnold. Mm, yeah, <laughs> Thomas Hardy, the actor. Ah, I love Tom Hardy, the yes. actor. Yes, bisexual. 
<laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Bisexual. Well, the today's stop. We're back to a big hitter. We got a big hitter. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I caught the fly ball, mister. I caught the fly ball. It's an illegal Mexican. <laughs> that was an illegal Mexican accent. That's very interesting. I wasn't sure which one it was. Today's big hitter, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. Thank um, God. We're finally getting to Mr. Dahmer. We're huh? try- absolutely. It's about goddamn time. It's the most sympathetic serial killer that ever existed. Mm-hmm. When I read about it, Marcus was even just saying how much he related to him, but that's just because he's lonely on the inside. Very lonely. Mm-hmm. And um, Dahmer was very lonely on the inside. Yeah. He was lonely on the outside. Well, he had a mustache on the outside. <laughs> It always means you're lonely on the inside. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer is the, he could have been any kid in your high school. I remember this kid. Uh, he was kind of a lost, weird loser. We were like, we were a group of friends that like, you know, like, you know, we did the drama department in high school. And so we had a lot of friends and we, we had like a big lunch table and we always had these guys that would show up that were kind of off that would do something funny and then leave. Well, we're going to find out about Jeffrey Dahmer that he was, did the same exact thing. Class clown. Kind of a class clown, kind of a weird class celebrity, but then sometimes those guys go off to kill 17 male prostitutes and sometimes they go off to be administrators of an IT company. Sure, sometimes <laughs> they go off to war and they kill 37 and they get on um, for it. But this song, uh, we were going to play the song Beautiful Loser by Bob Seger um, because I find it a romantic song. I mean, a little, probably a little more romantic than Jeffrey Dahmer deserves. No, but, romance for Dahmer. Give Dahmer some romance. Oh, we'll get into Jeffrey Dahmer's romantic capabilities. Yeah. He was very romantic in his own sort of weird, yeah. Would you say that? Would he you was say romantic. He's romantic. I mean, he's definitely the most romantic person ever with a skull that has like some skin fragments falling well, off. He was sucking on it and jerking off while looking at it. Yeah, the totally. other problem is with him. It's but he never did. He didn't write poems. I mean, we make he fun of the BTK. It. We make fun of BTK, but he wrote beautiful poems. No, but Jeffrey. <laughs> spoke beautiful words into the ears of the dead so we'll never hear them and I think there's something to that I don't know that. I think it was more being like oh your dick won't get gone your oh, dick won't Scott. get gone oh come oh, on I keep yanking and pulling I keep yanking and pulling that's but your Dahmer accent no, I don't know why I did oh, it. Don't, just, oh, don't you know my dick? I, oh, yeah, no. you're, uh, oh. I keep on yanking on your, your chain uh, there, but you can't nothing. seem... I ain't getting no tree out of it. It's <laughs> just a shrub. Yeah, no, 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 come, no, come. Um, so where do we... Let's go back in the way, way back machine and go to the terrible day when Jeffrey Dahmer was oh, born. Oh, one of the better days in American history. Uh, he was, day. But again, you know, 17 kills, one of the most infamous serial killers of all time. This is a bigger hitter than than imaginable. This is probably the number one serial killer of all time. I would say he's definitely the he's most... Well known. Everyone knows Jeffrey Dahmer. I remember when I was a kid, you we used to play Jeffrey Dahmer on the playground. <laughs> and what was that like, Marcus? Well, was, I think Marcus was the only one playing Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Everyone else called it King of the Hill or Run Away from the Weird Boy. <laughs> I relate to this man. So what did you do in when you played Jeffrey Dahmer? Jeffrey Dahmer is just like when we used to play Freddy Krueger. Or when we used to play... So you just played this game. Yeah, it's just, just one game. Yeah, what no. was the Freddy Krueger game? Freddy Krueger is like me. one kid would be Freddy Krueger, another kid would be Jason Voorhees, another kid would be Michael Myers. Oh, hell go, yeah. And you go around and kill all the rest of the kids that weren't playing the game. Cool. This is before Columbine. <laughs> you can't play Jeffrey Dahmer or Freddy Krueger anymore. But there's a way to do that that you could get... Because healthily, you sort of got it... Not health, healthy. Healthily out of your system. Yeah, it totally got it. I've never killed anyone. Anybody. It's still in his system. <laughs> it's, it is his system. 
system. No, but the, are the mad ones not the ones who think it's not in everybody's system? The urge to kill what? is in every man. The That's ones true. for me are the mad ones, burning bright. <laughs> all right, let's go to let's go to my home state of Wisconsin here. Oh yeah. no, oh. it all starts in Ohio, my friend. Oh, he was born in Ohio. He was born I and it grew was up West Allis. Nope, he b- was born and grew up in a Bath, Ohio. Uh, Ohio, the land of beautiful women and ugly men. Nice. <laughs> that is very true, but kind of like not. Uh, he was born May 21st, 1960 to uh, Lionel Dahmer. Lionel. Oh, a very oh. strange uh, emotionless chemist. Yeah, a very strange emotionless chemist, yes. And uh, he was described as a hard worker, an achiever. Uh, but had very little time to actually pay attention to his son. You never see hard worker, achiever, and awesome dad. That's <laughs> like dad. in the same sentence. <laughs> Number one dad. I was talking with a friend, uh, one of the guys who builds puppets for uh, Pretty Face, but they were all, they they were hanging out with Jim Henson's daughter, and they were talking about with Jim Henson's daughter about uh, the the. Basically, you know, how great her dad was and stuff. And they were drinking late at night. And basically, she turned to them and said, uh, uh, you try having Jim Henson as a father. I didn't see him from the ages of seven until he died. I would have loved that. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved that. My dad, one day, my dad was an over-the-night truck driver. So he would go go home, uh, leave at 5 and o'clock And you're at not night. a serial killer. Not one yet. And I, <laughs> I'm too big to be a serial killer, which is very sad. Um, but then one day he's like, I'm switching to the day shift, so I'm going to see you a whole bunch more, Ben. And then I was scared, and my whole life was ruined that year because my dad was around. Jesus Christ. So I would have loved to be Jim Henson's son. <laughs> Rich, wealthy Ben Kissel Henson. Well, they talked about it. Jeffrey talked about his father as a highly controlling, a strong character that he said. And his mother was also very controlling, very strong, very neurotic. Uh, she, she was on up to 20 different medications for mm-hmm. very... I think she was a hypochondriac. She was absolutely a hy- she, hypochondriac. She was the same thing as my grandmother, where she would just go to her bed and just lie there for weeks at a time. Yeah. Yes. I had I had family... I had friends yeah. growing up. Where, like, I remember mom, his mom... I forget his name. His mom had, like... this. Jeffrey Dahmer just brings up all these stories from my childhood, yeah. because he just reminds me of these people. I think Jeffrey Dahmer, anyone who's weird, who grew up kind of weird, and who grew up a little bit of an outsider, anyone can relate to Jeffrey but again, let's not thing. let's not say he was awesome. No, he was not. He was a horrible fucking person who but, killed seventeen people. Yes, but we'll talk about how that was almost no. unavoidable. It gets to a point where it's just like you. Yes, you could have put him in a concrete square from the age of five on, which he, where he belonged. But that's miserable. That's not how no, you, you keep a human being. Yeah, you, they didn't know he was gonna. He could have been a very anyway. Let's go. All on. right. Yeah. Well, so she, but his mother was like on a cocktail, twenty different fucking mm-hmm. drugs, and would kind of put her get herself. In Fit. But I mean, yeah. to her credit, she was correct in being a little bit uh, paranoid that her son was playing with too she many bones. But she didn't even know. They didn't care about the bone problem. Yeah, she didn't pay any attention to him whatsoever. She uh, she was the type of woman that would get just make a fuss over just like the tiniest little things and yeah. go, get completely out of control. A real mama dearest. Just, just so she could have that pleasure of reconciliation. Well, especially because her fa- her marriage with, with Lionel was falling apart while no. they were going up. So she would take any sort of control she could get. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and here's the first story of Jeffrey Dahmer at about four years old. Like the first kind of the, the first inkling that they thought something was off. When uh, Jeffrey was four, his dad was sweeping the remains of some small animals that had been killed by some birds uh, from underneath the house. And Jeffrey just, he was compelled by this 
fucking pile of bones. Hey, like there, the sound Daddy, of them. Can I play with the bones? <laughs> yeah, again, it's a fucking sentence that also came out of Marcus's mouth at some point <laughs> yes. when he was a child. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this, is, this is what uh, Lionel wrote in his book, A Father's Story. Uh, he said, Lionel wrote a book? Yes, Lionel yeah. wrote a book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. in uh, 94, I think. Yeah, it was 94. heavily featured in the Stone Phillips interview, which we'll talk about, which is probably yeah. the best serial killer interview of all time. It's yeah. great. Uh, he said that Jeffrey appeared to be oddly thrilled by the sound they made. His small hands dug deep into the pile of bones. I can no longer view it simply as a childish episode of passing fascination. This yeah, same of course you fucking can't. <laughs> yeah, with all you the bones because, and stuff? because all the fucking dick soup yeah. he was making. <laughs> this same sense of something dark and shadowy, of a malicious force growing in my son, now colors almost every memory. See, I mean, stuff. I don't know. He was just playing with bones. Yeah. And kids like to play with things, you know? Yeah, like, anything see. that makes like a ding, ding, ding. That's fun to play Can with. You, imagine, you know the sound of playing with the bones. You know, Marcus, when you stick your hands in a pile of a bunch of bones and, mm-hmm. and you drip them up and down like it's a bunch of Parmesan cheese. Oh, you what mean you yesterday? Yes. You know, yeah, so like you yesterday. just, yeah, you got a raccoon dick bone sitting on the on the thing right there. Put, 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 touch it against the microphone. Let's not pretend like it's normal, though. It's still the abnormal. No, it is, that is strange. Yeah, I yeah. never liked it. So let's talk, I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer, like... Most other serial killers had a, ch- a history of uh, injuries as a, a child. Uh, he required casts on his legs for the first four mo- or for uh, four months when he was a kid. He had to wear lifts on his shoes until he was six. Uh, oh, but then of course later on in his life he met Jenna. <laughs> That's a Forrest Gump reference. Jenna. I would have loved to have seen Forrest Gump if it was about a serial oh, killer. Oh, so much. Oh, such a better Lord. movie. I made a smiley, pa- smiley face t-shirt. Oh, that's oh, pretty cool. I yeah. went to Vietnam, but when I went there, I killed some prostitutes. That's a much better story. <laughs> Forrest, went, we're friends now. I went to a place called Me Lai, <laughs> where I found out who I really was. was. <laughs> I am the blackness. <laughs> the darkness. <laughs> so, uh, Jeffrey, he was treated for uh, an ear infection. He got pneumonia. Uh, and he started <coughs> developing a mild hernia, which <sighs> at the age of six, they eventually had to do uh, an operation on him to uh, to fix this. Right. And before that, he was a normal kid. Very happy. He well, loved the animals. bone situation. I mean, he was playing with bones when he was four. Yeah, but a lot. I mean, that, there's some sort of like, there's these small seeds, but, you know, a lot of kids. I played with bones, but I haven't killed anyone. I've never. Right, keep, it's, it's not going to be all about you, Marcus. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not about me, but I'm just saying that you can't lock someone up for playing with bones. No, you can't. No, they you didn't. Cannot. They did not. So you, no, they you did, did not. Yeah. But after the hernia operation, he came out of it completely changed. His dad said he seemed Which like smaller. a hernia is like a it's like a trucker's problem. Yeah, a that's an Ed, like Larson, Ed problem. Larson had yeah. a hernia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he said uh, his father said he seemed smaller, more vulnerable. He grew more inward, sitting quietly for long periods, hardly stirring, his face oddly motionless. Because the Just trauma that he uh, suffered during that is that, of course, something could have happened uh, in his head, you know, back in 1966. Uh, shit wasn't all that great as far as medical advancements go. I mean, sure. it, wasn't it, was, that, it wasn't that bad, but... I think we mistakes, got the hernia surgery down fairly well. Mistakes could have been made. You know, well, you anesthesia, the, things like that. He was also obsessed. He thought that for a while that his generals had been cut off. Yeah, he was upset. Yeah. He thought that all of his genitals were gone. He just See, didn't know. To me, that shows the first sign of he's not in touch with reality. Yeah. We were talking about, when I wake up in the morning, I know for a fact I have a penis. Do you, though? You I have touch to it. check. I yeah. Go, ooh, ooh. 
<laughs> but that's how you know if you I have a penis or not. I go right up. I go. I go into because what I love to do is I play this game called sprinkler, where mm-hmm. I stick my my pinky up inside my my penis hole and I pee out the sides of it. See, even though it's your pinky, which is their smallest digit, it's still a very large digit to put into a small hole, quarter size. Quarter, yeah, interesting. <laughs> and so I you really let you, it go, huh? But he, you have to know you have a penis. You that, gotta know it. So I feel that, like that's he, about a five alum Zabrowski piss fire right there. We need about five Zabrowskis to piss that one out. Um, but no, he, I, I feel like that shows his first problem with reality. Yeah, and yeah. so in uh, 1966 as well, his mother uh, got pregnant. She stayed in bed for six months. Yeah, uh, typical excuse. I'm pregnant. Yeah, my swallowing. ankles hurt. Does that mean you have to eat all the roast beef? Do I have to deliver you everything in the morning? I just see more like Kissel Kissel family home transcripts. Mm. Oh, yeah. Roast beef every dinner, huh? Every meal, huh, mother? Because you're pregnant? You fucking bitch. You fucking bitch, mother. For some reason, they decided to let Jeffrey name the new baby. That's nice, though. It's nice, and and he named him David, which David David Dahmer is a great name. The problem is the first first name was Hamsteak. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and the second one was like, oh, I want to call him Chef Boyardee's favorite. Mm. That's a weird, that's a long name. It's really weird. (laughs) Uh, But the funny thing about David Dahmer is that in our entire story, he shows up, I think, one more time. And David, for all intents and purposes, has vanished off the face yeah, of the Yeah, where's earth. David? He changed his name. He doesn't want to be related or known as Jeffrey Dahmer's Come brother. Come on, though. Think of all the autographs you can sign. All that With who? sweet, sweet bush you can get. Uh. <laughs> yeah, from all the Dahmer fans. You'd want the runoff. I don't even want to meet Chris Farley's brother. And Chris Farley is my idol. If I meet no. Chris Farley's brother, I'd be like, oh, hello, Lesser Farley. Great to see you. You remind me of how awesome your brother were. I hope, I wish that it was you in the casket instead of him. Isn't I will that see weird you to say. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, but the, the problem with David Dahmer coming along is Jeffrey was already being ne- neglected by his parents. But when David was born, he was essentially forgotten completely. Cool. He was abandoned by yeah. his parents. Again, and look at he wasn't a serial killer. David's because David was taken care of. Yeah, David, Jeffrey was. Uh, yeah, yeah. David was actually taken care of. David was the one that they loved, uh, which we see because well, he was the better kid. Yeah, which he was also, the one that doesn't love the bones. <laughs> well, we saw this with Gary Ridgway as well. Yeah, that he was the oldest, but it was his two younger brothers that got all of the love and attention. Because, uh, of course, as we know, Henry, as you know, oldest child is the first draft. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All the mistakes are made on the first draft. Yeah. You have to and like and you learn how to do it better with this. You get you have to give more love to the other kids. The older ones, it just better be real strong. <laughs> because yeah. if, it, if it ain't strong, it's going to be a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. a senator. <laughs> no, being a senator is a very good thing. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> very good. Yeah. You you know what you have to do in order to be one. Yeah. Ben Kissel. <laughs> mm. so, but this so, is, this does not seem that bad to me. It, it's, it's not. It's John not life at this point. Just run around. You're in Ohio. You have nothing but free time. Well, that's what they said. He was in this back neighborhood. So the the way the just just sort of like weirdly. Uh, <clears throat> Geographically, he was isolated from everybody else in the town. Like yeah. basically, he was put his house was in this back on the top of this hill that was too dangerous to ride a bike or skate down. And so, it, just from the very beginning, he was set off from everybody else. At the bottom of the hill was this giant, like idyllic Brady Bunch town, with like full of kids running right, around. Right, right, right. And he was 
you know, immediately ostracized. Well, he's living like Edward Scissorhands, yes. for Christ's sake. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he, this is when uh, when he finally moved, they moved to Bath, Ohio to this house and uh, when he was six years old. And, of course, the only thing he had to do was wander the backwoods, and this is when he started collecting roadkill. He started collecting dead animals. He started collecting Again, birds. Again, public and service. <laughs> public service. It is not a bad thing to do. And it's also said, this is alleged, there is, uh, there's some records that allege that he was sexually assaulted at this time, but both Jeffrey and Lionel maintained that this was not true. Why do? Why does uh, Lionel? Why did? Why do they think he was sexually molested? There's some probation records uh, back in the day uh, that said that you know they. Because when Jeffrey was caught, every reporter uh, was searching Combed for why every history. bit of every, information, every single mention of Jeffrey Dahmer throughout, uh, and from you know that moment back until 1960, they combed through this and they found a probation record. This guy that said that he was on probation for the assault of one Jeffrey Dahmer, six years old. Interesting. But uh, both Lionel and Jeffrey say that never happened. Is he because he was one- already on the path? So it's like it's not like because it, a lot of times. It's the, these the sexual assaults as a children's what spurs mm-hmm. the uh, I, I don't know if behavior. he was on the path yet I I still think he's just being a kid at this point in yeah. the creepiest house in uh, Bath my sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person it's Jackie Zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases I have no idea how she does it I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. 
So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, you want to oh, talk yeah. about creepy? I bet here's a, he played a little game. It was a solitary game. It was only Jeffrey was it called and, Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> <laughs> because I know somebody who played, played that game. game called Jeffrey the yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer game. No, it was called Infinity Land, and it was extremely complicated. Uh, but the concept vaguely sinister. What he did is that there were sticks all around that represented men, and the game involved the men disappearing one by one into a vortex. Normal. That's great. Normal. <laughs> I could see his father's, well, also, his father's perspective, though, when he sees all of this, if he ever does see it, is that he's just a creative kid. Who's, I know. Yeah. These are smart games. No, it's like Holden tells a story over and over again. I don't know anything else about his childhood because it seems like it's a big, gray, weird, memory, memoryless like landscape. Yeah, Holden McNeely, of Yeah, no, I've heard a lot of stories about Holden. But Holden talks about, you know, he was dressed up as a vampire and jumping cars, and they thought that he was just being creative, and they didn't know that he was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know? he have a hernia surgery as well? No, no. no. No, no, no. He was born without one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the uh, but he played this game and he had a shed. Like his his father had an old tool shed that he let him use. And, ba- and there was a story of basically a bunch of kids fighting him out in the r- woods with a dead cat. Yeah. Uh, well, that comes way later yeah, on. That's yeah. high school. But this is where it's it started. Also, yeah. the games that him like you know they would find him just beating trees with a giant log. Like, I used to do that. like an animal. That's fun. Though. Well, no, I yeah. used to. Yeah, we yeah. all used yeah. to do stuff. I remember. I keep thinking of the. Um, I used to videotape myself like doing like broom tricks, like doing the fucking <laughs> Jedi broom tricks. Like a fat Fred Astaire? Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. Everybody did it who had a video camera. Everyone did weird shit with a video camera. Thank God all those home movies got lost to the move. We don't have any childhood memories. Oh, anymore. yeah, yeah. I'm sure but, your father didn't just like break them with a hammer and <laughs> tell you, oh, we lost them. He wasn't ashamed of his son or anything. Not the NYPD officer that yeah. he was. He was so proud of his little... Me just doing yeah. monologues in the backyard, just going like, Father, why? Mother, why? <laughs> but at this point, he hasn't actually killed any animals. He's always Only a collector. Yeah. So, Ben, you mentioned earlier that his father, at this point, just thought that he was kind of a creative kid. And you're right. When he was 10, <laughs> uh, they, were, they had finished with a nice little chicken dinner. Mm. And he asked his dad, he's like, so <laughs> what would happen if... We took those chicken bones 
and dropped him in bleach. But you see, he's a chemist. Yeah, of so course. Immediately his father is he's a just like, yeah. yeah. He's, so he's immediately like, ah, so my boy's interested in the sciences. Very good. <laughs> it's like, ah, yes, like a Leonardo da Vinci. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. In oh, fact, he right bought right. him a chemistry set right after that. Uh, but then, of course, with the chemistry set, the only thing Jeffrey did with it was. Apply that to insects. Yeah, it started yes, with yes. insects, like with live yeah. insects. That's what everything started. Of with. course, but I tr- I destroyed uh, gigantic masses of insects. Yeah, of course, everyone did. Yeah. Uh, What's Henry doing out there with a straw by the anthill? Like literally, oh, he's sucking up all the ants. <laughs> it was literally me spraying this. There was we had this ant infested tree, and it was just me spraying it with a hose, going like, <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I used to pour like, gasoline over anthills and then light it on yeah, fire. Well, yeah, that yeah. and the thing, but you got to go down. You got to go down into the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's what I learned. We used to have a, we had a wasp nest uh, underneath our front steps for one summer, and I had a great time genociding all those motherfucking wasps. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like fun. our sons seem to have an uncontrollable need for power. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe it'll make them comedians. <laughs> hmm, yes. <laughs> well, he did have friends when he was a kid. I mean, when he was growing up, he did have a few friends. Uh, in fact, him and his friend had a. a game that they played called Ghosts in the Graveyard. Cool. Of course. Like Adam's family. Yeah, that is, it's a fun little game, uh, but... It sounds fun. I do feel like there's a storm cloud over his house at all times, Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But also, kids don't really, our kids aren't really friends when they're below the age of 10. It's just whoever's in your closest proximity. Yeah, exactly. But one of the kids said that uh, they were out fishing one day, and Jeffrey, after he caught a fish, he cut the fish open and then just started cutting it in tiny little pieces because he was absolutely fascinated with anything going on on the inside side of an animal. See, this is where I do. I couldn't, I can't touch the fish. My friends always had to unhook the fish whenever I ever catch one. I don't like fish. You must have been bad at the fishing trips then. I hated the fish. I hated the whole thing. It's disgusting. I couldn't put the worm on. None of that. Well, this is, and this is also at the time, you know, we're starting to get closer to high school and that's when his uh, fascination with animals and roadkill really starts to get out of control. That's just the age of 14 is when the whole thing flipped. Yeah, 14 is when it flipped. So let's hear uh, Dahmer himself during the Stone Phillips interview talking about his fascination with animals. In ninth grade... Uh, in biology class we had uh, the usual dissection of uh, fetal pigs. I took the remains of that home and and kept uh, the skeleton of it and I just started branching out uh, dogs, cats. I suppose it could have turned into a a normal hobby like taxidermy but it it didn't have veered off into, into this. Why? I don't know. All I know is that uh, I wanted to to see what the insides of these animals looked like. Was there some pleasure in in the cutting open of the animal? Yes, there was. No, no sexual pleasure, but just a. It's hard to describe. Sense of power, sense of control. I suppose that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Jeffrey Dahmer taxidermy would have been amazing. Oh, absolutely. It's like bringing a corpse to the tall man from Phantasm. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's a nice oh, one. Could you think about how happy and fulfilled you would oh, have been? Oh, yeah. These people bringing a corpse, he's like, ah, oh, Maria, good to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a fantastic deer. <laughs> Leave me alone with it. Leave me alone with it. The, our taxidermist is kind of creepy with the deer there every time we... Uh... Martha, I hate to say it, but all taxidermists are creepy. 
All right, that's how they're supposed to be. If they're not that way, they're not doing their job right. All right, let's go to the Brat Festival and hang out with our son, Bradley. I intend to get too drunk to drive, but I drive anyway. So now we arrive at high school. But then Lionel's father, Lionel goes on to say after he talks about this, and he he literally, because it's like his father's just standing there stone-faced during Mm. that whole fucking interview. Two hours. For two hours. Yeah. But he's like, he's just like, you know, he says the same thing. He's like, I would understand if if you wanted to see the guts the one time, but it's all the other guys. It's all with the guts. Yeah, just, so you continue with the guts. So right now we're in high school. What's fascinating about Jeffrey Dahmer, what's actually great about it is that we yeah. have more than any other serial killer in history, Jeffrey Dahmer is the one that we have the most insight into because we're he's the one that has the most witnesses, the most people, the people most willing to talk about what kind of person yeah. he was. Well, it's mostly because he was such an approachable guy. Yeah, like he, he had friends. Well, he was boozing the entire time. He's at 14, well, during around this time they were, where he started to fall in love with the insides of animals. By the way, do you ask your teacher to take home the pig? No, you steal you the do? pig. You steal, you steal the, the pig. Yeah. 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 yeah, you take now, it out of the mind, trash can. Do you mind can. if I take this home with me? Uh, I don't... Uh, yeah, I suppose you just take it uh, out of yeah. the garbage can there. But yeah, but, as, but he was boozing up at this point. Oh my God. He was yeah, talking so much. He started at 14. Like, yeah. like they said that he uh, used to... He wore this army fatigue jacket. He was a cool kid. Yeah, I mean, well... I mean... <laughs> what, I mean, a guy to buy Midwestern standard army fatigue jacket. You got a little flask of gin. You're 14. You're kind of a cool kid. Yeah, yeah but he didn't have a little flask of gin. He was powerhousing bottles yes, of scotch. He yes, yeah. he was. Yeah, he had a, an army fatigue jacket where he kept a little bottle of scotch. He also kept a bottle in his locker. Uh, on one occasion, a classmate asked him, like, I mean, he was drinking gin at yeah. this moment. He was drinking gin, and they asked him, you know, what what is that? And he just said, it's my medicine. Yeah. I, lo- I love that this guy, it's almost like Benjamin Button. He just, he, he's like a 70 year old man. <laughs> it's my my medicine. Now, can we get back to learning the See, ABCs? I feel like I've also heard you say the same thing while you're like blackout drunk. No, it's my medicine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One of his classmates, she recalled a moment when they were uh, sophomores in high school. It was 8 a.m. and Jeffrey had a styrofoam cup full of scotch. And she said, I sort of smelled his cup and I thought, that's interesting. And then he just sat there in class and drank scotch. But do we- Somebody could have taken that 16-year-old kid and asked him, why are you drinking scotch? He's Spicoli. <laughs> he's Spic- he's, he's one said- phone call away from ordering a large anchovy pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a cool kid. He just could have made one scotch. Step towards being awesome, but he yeah. didn't. Instead, no, he, he you know, way. he was you know fantasizing about the jogger that was running past his house every day. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, so he was acting an absolute. He was a class clown. But he, what he was, he was, was drunk. Well, yeah. we said it's, <laughs> he was a class gimmicky celebrity. Yeah, he was the guy that everybody loved to make fun of. They would put him in the back of yearbook photos, and then they everyone would get all upset. Like they, the the guy who wrote uh, my friend Jeffrey, uh, but Durf 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 Buck. Durf, Brad Durfman, Durf, Durfguck. I have my bag. I think he just goes as Durf. Yeah, but he go. He's a he's a cartoonist who wrote like basically. But he started drawing cartoons in high school and basically created this character of Jeffrey Dahmer and yeah. for their high school that became their like unofficial mascot. Yeah, which I mean, we had kids like that. To- we, well, now was Jeffrey was one of ki- those kids who would be like, "Here's a worm, four dollars on the playground, suck it down, and stuff yeah, like that." Was yeah. he doing things like that? Not really. He was more just uh, like they would get him to do really weird things because well, he, he had, that- as they say in the book, his mother had. 
had this interior decorator that used to come over and over again to the house, and the interior decorator had cerebral palsy. And so and, he used to do this impression yeah. of the the going yeah. like, would you like to buy some dweebs? <laughs> there you go. Bah, bah. And they used to, they even had a name for it. They called it doing a Dahmer. Yeah, they described his, uh, like, his sense of humor as uh, bizarre, mm-hmm. uh, weird, and oftentimes cruel. Maybe Here, a little I, bit morbid, huh? Kind of a morbid guy. And Very I have a morbid. list of some Dahmerisms from the book. Yeah. Oh, so he My was a, a nice celebrity there. No, yeah. he was just like a... This is how he found any sort of acceptance. He would say stuff like... They have a, a list of just stuff he'd say. So it would be like... Hello, is Jack there? What you knowin'? Gimme Flappy. Stick pile. Duck waiter. Um, the eminent Dr. E. You would say all this weird shit, but I had friends that would do stuff like this. Has, has anyone seen Bruce? Ha, there's Bruce. This has been known to have been said to be true. Oh, yeah. This has been known to have been said to be true. See, this stuff didn't yeah. fly in Texas because yeah. I was kind of like this in junior high. I was this kid in junior high. Right. Uh, just like just super weird that kids would fucking like just ask me to do like weird shit and I'd fucking do you it just because I, I love the I love the attention and right. I was trying to find some sort of you know niche because mm-hmm. everyone hated me. But there is a there's a fine line between having that and being I mean, like because I was class clown, you know, what yeah. I mean, like, of course, that's what I, I got pulled back and forth do the Chris Farley impression. Right. But that made that I learned that that could get you friends and and girlfriends. It can also get you out of a subway ride when you're surrounded by a group of African American <laughs> youths. Of course that's a good story of Henry Zabrowski having to do Chris Farley impression or so he, he didn't get, get the beat shit up. beat out of me by a bunch of jack 17 year olds. Mm, but yeah. of course he was 27 at the time. Of Henry course. Zabrowski. Uh so Jeffrey Dahmer at 14 <laughs> this is also when he realized that he was gay. Like, yeah, of those, course. Yeah, of yeah. course. That, as most people do. Uh, and but the thing is about it is that you know back to the fetal pigs. When he started to jerk off, he would think of the fetal pigs. He would think of the mutilated animal remains. Right, right. So because when, that was more acceptable to him than being gay. Yeah. So when he started, when his sexual awakening started coming, when he did realize that he was gay, when he would think about sex. It became fused, like these violent images became fused together in right. a way that was just completely uh, intractable later on in life. We talk about this all the time. Every one of these—that's pretty much the f- the, <coughs> the the moment it's too late for these serial killers—is the moment it gets stuck into yeah. their adolescent sexual drive. Right. Once yeah. the violence becomes a key to their, because to him it wasn't violence as much it was the end result. Yeah. Which yeah. was oh, he course. he says this over and over again. It's like it's about it was about control. It was about having a thing that can't say no. Yeah. And a fetal pig cannot say no. No, no. It just goes That's like if it. it was alive. That's it. So at this point he's being validated for all the wrong reasons, right? He's just acting like a total freak. He's getting boozed up all the time and he's jacking off to uh, fetal pigs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and he also had his, his prom date. I mean, how many times do you get a testimony from a serial killer's prom date? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Her I can't believe we got a prom date. No. I didn't get a prom date. Wait, wow. he got a prom date with Bridget Geiger. Bridget Geiger sounds beautiful. <laughs> Why didn't I get a prom I was class clown. I was the rowdiest and the loudest. But I, I got, those, I I got know, those, too. Like, you got those like two. It sounds like you were yeah. um, an uncontrollable drunk. No, 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 no. It was 360 pounds. That was terrifying to people. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut No. I can't. Dahmer got a... Whatever. I'm over prom. The yeah. fact that I had to go alone. I had a good goddamn time that night. Well, Dahmer didn't give a shit about prom because in the middle of prom, he just left to go get a hamburger. 
Yeah. He left his date there. He went and got a hamburger, came back to pick her up, and there was just fast food wrappers because I guess he'd ate two or three hamburgers. This guy is so cool. <laughs> Fuck it, Ben. I'm going to get a burger. This is the Fonz. This is the Fonzie move. And now he's Jughead. <laughs> oh, he's the best. Boozed up. Everyone it's loves him. the way you're looking at it. It's the other angle that you're looking at. It's from the other angle when you look at, you know, how it was all just a cover. He was wearing a vague Cuban mask to cover a vat of deep dark secrets. Yeah. Right. Well, some people say that it was very possible that Jeffrey was autistic. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, that he was autistic. I mean, the two diagnoses that I kept seeing over and over again was autism and borderline personality disorder, which borderline very much makes sense. It's a, a definite feeling of uh, like impropriety. It's not being able to read people's emotions. You know what I've also mm-hmm. heard is a really, a really accurate description I was reading about. It's like a disease called being wackety-schmackety. Oh, wackety-schmackety. <laughs> he may have had that disease as yeah. well. Yeah. And if you want to talk about impropriety and a, uh, a a desire to connect with others but having no idea how to do it, all you have to look at is his first obsession, the jogger. Yes. Now, the right. jogger is creepy as shit. What he used to do is uh, he would sit on the side of the road and he would watch this jogger that ran by his house every day. And he would tight just bottom. sit there. Yeah. Tight, tight balls bottom. just flipping up and down inside his tiny red shorts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Broad yeah. chest. Thick this mustache. Early 70s, mid-70s of this time? Uh, this is... By the la- late to mid to late seventies, yeah. So yeah. he's got yeah, he's got those high shorts. Really right. shorts. Used to wear. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thick, coarse blonde hair mm-hmm. up his tight thighs. And so Jeffrey, he's yep. sitting there every day, and he's just watching this guy from the bushes just uh, sweating. Yeah, and then yeah. one day he decides, and so he's starting to get these Uh-oh. violent fantasies, and they're starting to get stronger well, and well, stronger. He said too, it's like it, it, the way it started was like it, it wasn't just ki- it wasn't killing them; it was the it was the having them. You would just see him dead in his bed, and he'd just like jerk off, just thinking about him being dead in the bed. Yeah. yeah. And so one day he decides he's going through with it. And he brings a baseball bat to his little hidey hole. Mm. But that fucking jogger, so goddamn lucky. I don't know if he was hungover or what, but that day he did not jog past. The first day in months that he did not jog past. Yeah. And so he lived. Sometimes I mean, I think the, the jogger still would have been fine because Dahmer was probably, you know, half drunk on, on his own. And then he's just chasing after him with no. a bat. And then the jogger's just like, I'm so much in better shape than you because you're just a drunkard. The big thing about him, though, is that his father got him obsessed with weightlifting at a very young age. His father was saying to him, hey, you should you should do something physical. So Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. had been, been lifting weights since he was 13. He was like six foot four. He was fucking huge. Yeah. Jeffrey, that was, there yeah. was like, like they never understood why he be because they used to call him dumber. They used to beat him up and call him dumber, of course. And like all of his friends in high school would say the same thing of just being like, "We were all just afraid for the day that he'd snap because he was right. a f- built like a fucking tool shed." Yeah, he was huge. Yeah, his friends hey, honey, in high school said that he was either going to snap or right. most of them actually just ended. They just assumed that one day they would hear Dahmer killed himself. Yeah, like sure. that was the most likely scenario that everyone like they just everyone assumed that you know a couple years. Down the road, that Dahmer would just end up right. dead from a gunshot. How does that conversation go? Be like, honey, I think Jeffrey's a little bit strange. You know, he seems to have like violent tendencies and loves bones. What should we do? What was oh, it, honey? I'm sorry, I was looking at my newspaper. Mm. <laughs> oh, let's get him stronger. <laughs> let's make him stronger because he seems. Let's get him more dangerous. Yeah, yeah. This is the guy that you just no only yogurt. I signed him up for a katana blade class. Yes, <laughs> at the local Japanese auditorium school. <laughs> 
Keeping so, them real nice and dangerous, huh? <laughs> and, you know, of course, Jeffrey Dahmer, he uh, graduates high school. Very high IQ, very low grades. Mm. Uh, did he have a high IQ? He did. Yeah, he did have a very high IQ. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I'm sure he wasn't doing homework. He no. wasn't trying very hard. No, he was no, just he drunk. Was, he was beating down his fucking creeping in fantasies of the dead yeah. every single night. If homosexuality at this time was more uh, accepted, he wouldn't have had to go to the pig Maybe. thoughts. It's with, he could have just thought about a male rump. But then later on, when he went, I mean, <coughs> what we're going to see when we get to it is that when he was finally like out and about, like he had such a hard time meeting and talking to people. Yeah, that he. That's what really what drove him to do it. Yeah. Was it wasn't that he was afraid to be gay because he started going to gay bars later on. I know where he went, Mad Planet, where I used to go all the time in, in uh, college. Well, what was, was the other Milwaukee. one? That was Club Two Nineteen, which Club Two Nineteen. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. When we get into the Milwaukee stuff, I had a friend who actually got to meet him. It was a Jeff, uh, Michael Jackson impersonator, and he shook Jeffrey Dahmer's hands, and Jeffrey said, oh, I loved your performance so much. Can you, do you want to go back to my place? Yeah. Oh. Uh, my friend's, it was my friend's friend. He said, absolutely not. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. So, thank you so much for the, thank you for being a fan. But that's what <laughs> so he, I'll see yeah, he used to just go to this gay bar and just, yeah, yeah I, I love the way you moved. Do you want to go back to my place? And that was it. That's all, he, that was, those were like the only sentences he ever said. Cool. And then he would get, ever, and then he would just get him shit face drunk. Yeah. Which is, Wisconsin courtship. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have been born if it wasn't being shit. Oh, I would have gone home with him. Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path Every time, all you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and modern did everybody come around being like, where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile. Bling, she's got on her. Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. That's $50 off with code LASTPODCAST at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands 
in the dirt. And I love planting things myself. And fast growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage, purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I don't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet! Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing! No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. So it said after he graduates high school, three weeks after he graduates high school, his parents have are going through a horrible divorce, an absolutely terrible divorce. Uh, he's been essentially abandoned. He's living. He's been living at home alone for three months, uh, and he's out of high school three weeks. And so that's when the first murder occurs. Do we want to hear? Yeah. So yeah. we'll hear from Jeffrey Dahmer how his fantasies built to a reality. Yeah. Here we go. From uh, 15 on, I, I had this reoccurring fantasy of, uh, of uh, meeting a hitchhiker on the road mm. and uh, of taking him hostage and, and doing what I wanted with him. About three years later, I was 18 years old, driving home, uh, I saw this hitchhiker about a mile from my house thought to myself, should I stop and pick him up or should I just keep on going? I wish I just keep on, kept on going, but I didn't. I turned around, picked him up, and uh, that's when, that's when it, the nightmare became a reality. Damn. And this is, you hmm. know, he he pulled what serial killers like to call pulling a large march. <laughs> yep, pulling a large march. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yep. Eighteen-year-old Stephen Hicks uh, had decided that he was going to hitchhike his way to a rock concert. Uh, we don't know which concert. Oh, that's oh, too bad. Yeah. Never we don't there. know. Come on. Who yeah. could have it been? Yeah. <laughs> bad company. It was one of those terrible yeah. bands. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know which concert it was, but uh, he was hitchhiking back. Jeffrey Dahmer picked him up and said, like. 
hey, you want to go back to my I place like for moves. some beers? You want to come back to my place? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he said, let's go back to my place. Let's have some beers. You know, I've got the whole house to myself. They go back. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey said that he has no idea what they talked about leading up to actually the, the sex. He just says, we got drunk. We had sex. And uh, the guy said, like, all right, well... I'm going to get out of here now. Like, I, I got to go. I already did all the shit I'd never wanted to do before, but <laughs> yeah. somehow I ended up doing it. So, uh, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to yep. question my fucking choices out right. on the highway. But I'll see you soon, buddy. Yep. <laughs> Just going to get back to hitching then. Very good. So, the, and uh, Jeffrey. Oh, and don't, the, don't, don't go. And at this point, yeah, he said uh, the guy wanted to leave, and I didn't want him to leave. No, oh. so, so then he stays. Yeah. So then uh, Jeffrey hits him with a barbell, you Ooh. know, from his weightlifting set. And uh, after a brief scuffle, they started they started wrestling around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeffrey hits him again, knocks him unconscious, and strangles him. Yep, and strangles him dead. And so the corpse is down I on mean, the ground. He start he removed the guy's clothing. Uh, mm. He started caressing and kissing the body. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lay down uh, beside him. And even though he had just fucked, this guy's virile, uh, jerked off onto the well, guy. he's a yeah. young man. He's 18 years old <laughs> at this point. You know, you can do that. So, so he, he was living alone his senior year of high school for three months. Right? Yeah, well, much. I mean, uh, possibly longer. I don't know exactly man. the exact time period. But yeah, he was living alone for, yeah, most of high yeah, school. Yeah, if he was a poorly, you would have been the coolest summer of everybody's life. That's and it wasn't. Gonna parlay yeah. that into huge parties, things like that. So he took the body uh, down to the crawl space, uh, cut it into pieces. He uh, put all the severed parts in triple lined garbage bags. Uh, burned the idea and the clothing in a trash barrel behind the house. Uh, he dumped the bags into a ravine four miles away. Years later, mm. uh, he would go back after he got out of the army. He would go back to this. He went back to the scene of the crime. He found the bones and he pulverized the bones with a sledgehammer and then scattered them all around. Well, because this is also, not only is it just getting rid of the body, it's destroying the crime. Yeah. It's him trying to then, because what we'll learn is that he spent the rest of this, the, this latency period between this and his next official kill, he spent it trying to push all yeah. his feelings down into a fucking and barrel. It's, it's sort of ironic that he destroyed all the bones, because, I mean, he kept every other piece of, every murder after this one. But that he showed how pretty important much everything. it was. Yeah. No, it's this one and the second one. He's still trying to figure yeah. out what he's wanting to do. The second one, he also gets rid of. You know, uh, it's like Jeffrey Dahmer d- did everything opposite to, like, how Fog Hat envisioned America. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? yeah, maybe that was the concert thing I was going to go see. Uh, and this, you also see, uh, you know, we see it in serial killers time and time again. He got stopped by the cops with the body in his car. Uh, the cops stopped him. He was a little bit drunk. The cops were was with uh, the cops. <laughs> this is Wisconsin, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, this is Wisconsin in 1978. So yeah. everyone's driving yeah. around. A, a good little bit solid drunk. white kid, a little bit drunk. That's how all white kids should be. Yeah. No, I mean that's the thing. The cops just they pulled him over to make sure he was just a little bit drunk. You know? <laughs> we don't want them sober drivers around here stuffing up traffic. So as we'll find out later, uh, three only three of Jeffrey's 19 victims were white. Uh, his first two were white and his last one were white so the treatment that the white kid got police retraced Hicks entire mm-hmm. route they interviewed everyone the family offered a $2,500 reward his name was entered into a national computer network yeah $2,500 uh, $2, is literally a million dollars now yeah and a, yeah. a com- mm-hmm. national computer network in 
date. Sort of like Facebook. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of cool. Uh, and so his parents divorced. His mother moved to Chippewa Falls with Ooh. his brother David. He got she got a degree of a uh, Bachelor of Arts in speech uh, at the University of Wisconsin. So she's flourishing. She's getting her groove. Yeah, back. she's getting mm-hmm. the be- hell out of there. But here's what's funny: when Jeffrey was caught in 1991, uh, the Chippewa Herald Telegram, nothing had ever happened in Chippewa Falls. So the headline they ran was "Mother of Accused Mass Murderer Lived Here." Wow, <laughs> isn't that exciting? Uh, and Billy, so there's and, there's a good brewery in Chippewa Falls. Oh, good. Yeah. So G- Jeffrey he graduates Wayne high school. Pools. He goes to Ohio State for business studies. Of course, he does nothing but get drunk. They said that his dorm room was nothing but empty liquor bottles. It Has anyone n- ever met a good business major? <laughs> I haven't. They're no. all they're all running from something or just frat guys. He's having uh, fun. Absolutely. So he's you know he lasts six months uh, in college, uh, and also in 1978, Lionel marries uh, Sherry Jordan, uh, who a friend described as the epitome of the wicked stepmother. Just being born with the name Sherry <gasps> Not makes it makes you bad. Mm-hmm. And so five days after uh, his father marries Sherry, Jeffrey says, "Fuck this! I'm going to the army." He goes into the army, and this, we were saying just this before another episode. We were t- talking about there was uh, some episode we were talking about this too. Where it's just like he should have been in the army. If the, we're gonna have anybody good. in the structure. army, just give him structure, teach mm-hmm. him, teach him skills, get him out there. They, I mean, the army should just be full of sort of emotional sociopaths. I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's who goes. But yeah. I think, no, not all of them. We have not a lot of. We have a. I mean, that's the problem. I wish we had less good humans in the army and they weren't destroyed by no, what happened. Being an emotional sociopath or emotionless social uh, sociopath, that's a good soldier. Yeah. And here's, oh, yeah what's, you know, here's what's ironic what about it is that this emotionless sociopath, they put him in possibly the most compassionate position uh, in the army. He was a combat medic. Yeah. and yeah. He said, But this was, he, didn't he say that he uh, he never wanted to draw blood? He couldn't draw blood. Like, he didn't, that's also mm. very ironic is that he couldn't, he just couldn't stand to see uh, a drop of blood because because he's pushing down the memories of his yeah, first he's pushing him down. rock hard and yeah. of course the alcoholism uh does not stop he actually had a suitcase that was fashioned into a kind of bar he would open it up and there was a martini shaker a stir all kinds of liquor in there again it sounds like a fucking 80s comedy he's yeah. so cool I, I know that's the it thing. sounds like stripes yeah and he spent his weekends uh his first few uh, you know for a little while he spent most of his weekends and by the way he was stationed in germany this was all all in a Baumholder in West Germany huh. uh, and yeah. he spent his weekends just getting wasted and sitting on his bunk listening to Black Sabbath. Having ah. a good goddamn time. Man, Donner. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's you envy fun. his life. At this point, it's not so bad. Minus the murder. And then, of course, the terrible desire to have sex with fetal pigs. <laughs> but, yeah. And we know that Dahmer did not kill anyone in Germany. Because as soon as the news came out that, uh, you know, that this guy had killed 17 people and they started yeah. going through his history, they're like, oh, fuck. Because he was gone for long stretches of time in Germany. He would disappear for entire weekends and then he started disappearing past his uh, weekend furloughs. So the German police, they did a huge investigation yeah. into all of the murders around Baumholder around that time and there were some, there was one uh, famous unsolved mutilation case but it was a young girl so it didn't fit. Yeah Jeffrey's and he can't even MO. look at a booby. No. Isn't that he gets so. driven insane by a booby. He's like ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah. give me a severed penis any day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he was very, he kept to himself except occasionally he would get belligerently drunk and just start 
hurling racial slurs at all the black soldiers. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, though, because, yeah, like you said, most of his victims were black or uh, Hispanic. Yes, yeah. you know, because and he was those, desperately in love with them. Yeah, well, he was exactly. in love with them, and also it's an intelligent, like we were talking about with the black serial killer case, they're the less dead, they're even lesser than the less dead. Less dead tend to be prostitutes and things like that. Well, what Jeffrey said later on is the reason why he uh, started killing uh, black people and uh, Hispanic people is that that's what he found most attractive, because they had the hairless chest that he loved, because Jeffrey Jeffrey was obsessed with torsos. Out of everything yeah. else, that was what he focused on the most. That's what he loved was the chest. Of yeah, him. who loves it? I love it. You know, I understand a good man's chest. Oh, it's just something nice. It's like a plate. You know, it's like a big old serving tray. When you get up there, the yeah. nipples are like two little fucking Swedish meatballs. You go ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 ding. You know, no, you stick your finger in the belly button. Oh, I know everything about a man's chest. So after, with nine you months... You see everything like- as a plate, huh? Yeah, yeah, you could, you could deliver some food on that. Yep. Well, uh, excuse me, I gotta go dr- drive my car, which is like a little moving restaurant. So yeah, I'll see you like soon. <laughs> I love that plate over there. You can put a bunch of hamburgers. That's a book. That is a book. Yeah, you can put food on there. So Jeff, too drunk for the army, uh, was discharged. Oh, with that's the name of a, a Pauly Shore movie. <laughs> Jeff, too drunk for the army. He was discharged with nine months to serve, and as he was leaving his bunk, he turned around and turned to his bunkmates and said. Someday you'll hear about me again. Yikes. Which I, I kind of like, of course, as he was drunk all the time, I kind of see his more like, you, you haven't heard the last <laughs> of uh, old Jeff, Jeff. Dahmer. <laughs> then just gets in Jeff, the car. Jeff, if you could please just go. Fuck you. I know, okay, yes, fuck me. Yes, if you could just go. Give me the keys. <laughs> yeah, his squad leader, he uh, his name was David G. Goss, drove him to the airport. And yeah. he said in a conversation, he said, there was something bugging him in Germany. I knew he had a troubled past, and I knew he had something that was gnawing at him. He'd say there was something he couldn't talk about. Uh, so that is correct. And yeah. you know what you do when some guy who's drunk mumbling about something that he can't talk about? Don't pick at it. Don't <laughs> pick at it. You don't need to know. You don't need to know that information. No, because if because he tells you. If he was super wasted, he'd just tell you. If it was a thing that he could, that it was like a fun secret, yep. he'd be telling you over and over again every time he got drunk. But because he's mm-hmm. not telling you, it's a really dark one that you are then implicated. Yeah. yeah. Usually you don't want to talk about like, oh, I saw my mom. I walked into my mom and my dad having sex. It was so gross. Like, that's something you might bring up. But you'd yeah. even laugh about it. But then you can laugh about it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, but it's all if like you'd say you try to remove your own rib so you could suck your own dick like that's like a bad secret yeah <laughs> that's a bad one that would be interesting though yeah yeah would it be well i mean yeah don't pry too much though because if Dahmer tells you that he killed a bunch of people now you're involved and you got to do all you got to work you got to do a whole bunch of work yeah now yeah, that's gotta, paperwork yeah, yeah it's not fun and so uh after being discharged from the army they gave him a ticket to anywhere he wanted to go in the continental united states and so, where did he choose miami florida Woo! Wow. Do you have the mustache at this time? I don't know what the I think maybe, you know, a lot of guys get out of the army, they grow facial hair. It's oh, a natural absolutely. reaction. He's down here, he's right next to Cuba. You know what I mean? I bet he's got one of those white shirts on with the embroidery on the sides of him. He's eating plantains. Well, I don't I know. Love- My duros. Yeah. I mean, it's more like he's working in a sandwich shop and 
living at a seedy motel. Mm. Yeah, it's and so Miami. <laughs> so he gets evicted from the motel. Of course, he lives on the beach for a while. Figures Miami after a year. Figures Miami isn't for him. Moves back in with his. Uh, what do you mean to say? My, he didn't get along in Miami. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get That's along so in Miami. Crazy. I thought, it, but it's the land of butts and fluorescent uh, swimsuits. <laughs> I think. People, well, the I don't know. He's a simple is, Midwest guy. It's yeah. too much for him. And like, you know, he likes the ID. He's like, oh, I hear everybody jugs in Miami, but then he didn't realize that they jog real fast. <laughs> <laughs> and like they're all muscular, and he's like, he needs a fatter guy to uh, you know try no, to all slim he did down was the to tiny the boys. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> he I'm moved sad. back in. I just hate the way I said that. Yeah, I know. You know? All he did was the tiny boys. <laughs> yeah. All he did was the tiny boys. Bing, 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 ba, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I do. I just picture him sucking down a huge margarita drink. I can't. You know, I just can't get drunk enough on rum. Isn't that it's just too much rum? Too and much sugar. In this. Yeah, too much sugar. <laughs> I think someone with the sugar. I got to go back to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, and he does. He go well. Uh, first, he goes back to Ohio to live with uh, his father and his uh, stepmother. Mm. And, of course, he doesn't stop drinking. He's unemployed. He's getting into bar fights constantly. He broke right. a couple ribs. He's getting gashes all over his face. And, of course, his father says, I can't handle him anymore. My bitch of a wife is, bi- is fucking talking about him all the time, getting on my ass about it. I'm going to say Sherry was right about this one. You think Oh, so? yeah, yeah. yeah. I think oh, her yeah. son she is also, a sociopath. She also had a nut against David, too. She had a nut against well, David. Let's just say David didn't do much either to help the situation. <laughs> yeah. All right? This is like, we literally, because it's like, if anybody could have reached out to Jeffrey, it probably could have been him. Yeah. If a brother, this is like, it's not a you younger brother's you, job to save his older brother from killing a bunch of people. It's, I would say, you know your brothers better than they know themselves just because you've been around them for so long. Yeah. If you saw them doing something real crooked, you'd at least tell mom and dad. Yeah, I you do something, so. but anyways, it's just like, but yeah, Sherry was right because Jeffrey Dahmer was also probably like drunk, like just staring at shit half the time, <laughs> oh, yeah. like walking around, just going like the bodies just won't go away, you know, like just saying just mm. the random sentences like that. Definitely. So yeah. he um, he moved in with his grandmother Catherine Dahmer, and that's not depressing at all. And no, this every, is when is he twenty three years old at this time. Yeah, he's about twenty three. He just left Miami to go live with his, his grandmother, grandmother in, in West Alice, Wisconsin. Oh, this is when he shows up, okay. Wisconsin. He lives in his uh, mother, his grandmother's basement. He gets a job at the Milwaukee Blood Plasma Center, which is strange considering how in the army he couldn't even prick someone with a needle to draw. Yeah, now he's wearing bags of blood like they're an eye mask falling asleep in the back room. You know, telling me like, oh, you guys want to make a raspberry milkshake and then cut and slice them open and throwing them all over each other. Yeah, exactly. So in 1982, uh, life was pretty uneventful for a little while, but in 1982, he was charged with drunken disorderly conduct. uh, And according to the police report, he did lower his pants in the presence of approximately 25 people, including women and children. He really ramped up. Yeah, this was, and that was at a state fair, by the way. But that wasn't for erotic purposes. He was just blackout drunk. And yeah, he was just everybody. blackout drunk. He I was fined twenty five dollars for that. That's it. Yeah, different times. Four <laughs> different times. Wow, twenty five bucks for a moon. Bucks. Yeah, and so four years goes by, and uh, and in nineteen eighty five, and I think this is when we should end part one. That's when he gets a job at the Ambrosia Chocolate Company. Yeah, oh, there's Ambrosia. Both. Chocolate, Now this doesn't say almond chocolate. I don't know. But it's it? just like oh, it kind of tastes like a knuckle. Yeah. Don't ask me how I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much you got paid to that chocolate factory? One last little fact: nine dollars an hour. 
Unbelievable. That's yeah, how much that's that more wage. than I made when I worked at the Strand. Yeah, that's I, great. And that's eighty-five money. I that's yeah, about fifteen bucks an hour. I checked inflation. It's nineteen dollars and ninety-six cents an hour. No shit. Yeah, unbelievable. Good inflation check. Yeah, thank you. That was yeah. the best inflation <laughs> check I've ever heard. Yeah, he worked the night shift, eleven p.m. Wow. to seven a.m. six nights a week with, and this is very important. Saturday evenings off. Oh, yeah, because that's when Saturday night is all right. <laughs> it is. All right. Well, that's Dahmer for you right now, episode one. God knows how many parts we're going to do this in. Yeah. This could very we well be three. But it really is true. It's just like it brings up a lot of feelings and nostalgia. It's like this is the guy that just nobody saved. This is the man that nobody saved. I, I feel sympathy for him, even though he was a fucking... He was a true monster. Yes. You know, he was the boogeyman. But yeah. he's no Richard Ramirez. He's no John Wayne Gacy. He's just a... He was caught in a cycle that he couldn't get himself out of, and he had nobody to help him. Yeah, yeah. and he's very... And, and, you know, he's very unique among serial killers in that he hated killing. The he killing, hated, the, the killing, killing he had, wanted to get. That's why he had to get blackout drunk to do it. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I think that that really sets him apart as extremely mentally ill. Because Very it's, mentally it's, ill. It's because processor, it's, uh, pro- processor product killers. Yeah, and he was a product killer. He could have yeah. been good guy to work at the morgue, something like that. I mean, he would get fired. Uh, no, no, well, no. I mean, yeah, there was through the morgue. Yeah. I mean, there was a time when he was seventeen and a local teenage boy died, and he attempted to dig the teenage boy up, but the ground was too hard. Ah. Uh, Midwestern winners. Um, and tomorrow <laughs> is my birthday, May 1st, yes. which is the number one satanic holiday, Walpurgis Night. So please, in my honor, go and enjoy yourself by dancing naked outside of your home. Well, Jeffrey Dahmer did just get <laughs> arrested and fined $25 the, for doing that. If you're over the age there. of 18. Yes. Again, still illegal to dance outside naked. <laughs> and they're not going to understand your explanation. But I've listened to a podcast, and there's a foul one. The foul one told me to That's, dress naked. You know, all I got to to say is that's when the cannibalism started. started. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting pulled into the cop car. So maybe yeah. I'm wrong. But I'm just saying, sure. or at least, you know, you know, just drink a lot. Do something. Do, Do something. something to have fun. Yeah, just have fun. Just um, have a good time. All right. That's there. Uh, yeah, so uh, that's our, that's the first episode on Dahmer. Uh, at Marcus Parks. That's right. At Henry's, Henry Loves You. Yep. Yeah, on Twitter. I am at Ben Kissel. Uh, and hail Satan. Hail Satan, hail yourselves. Hail Gene. Hail Constellations. Hail me! And a hail Dahmer. Hail Dahmer. Hail Dahmer. I hope he's up in heaven having fun sucking Beethoven's penis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.